0: If I had a million dollars Talking about millions of dollars What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man Two chicks at the same time, man We're living in a material world and I am a material girl Or boy Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, oh, yeah Nothing Nothing, huh? I would relax I would sit on my ass all day I would do nothing Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do. If I shit. had a
2: million dollars. If I had a million dollars. We'll make back jacks now. Time I'll Andrew on the board. S and P futures. I'll have here in one second since I'm reading about the Procter and Gamble earnings. Um, we're, we I know we're down. We're down 20 I think in the S and P. My machine is a little slow here. We're down 20 in the S and P. Do we have Mr. Kevin? Good morning. How are you?
3: Oh, living the dream, one day at a time.
2: NASDAQ futures down 95, Dow futures down 113. Um, the uh, As we're cheering Procter & Gamble's uh, topping earnings and revenue estimates, even as volume falls again, and uh, of course CNBC has the chairman on, I don't, I don't even want to listen to it, so thank God we're doing the show. I'm sure they're, they're giving the guy nothing but softball questions, and nothing like, sure seems like you raised prices, Joe. You think they're going to do that?
3: Uh, oh, I'm sure they will, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's just what they're, they're going to be all over that one. I, I, yeah, uh,
3: because they, they don't care if he comes back or not on the show.
2: No, that, that's, that's their shtick. I mean, that, that's the deal. Here's the uh, earnings per share, 183 versus 172 expected. Of course, they're the ones that put out the expected. You know, who are these expected? So how do you have volume down and you have... Uh, Yet, the net sales rose 6%. I'm going to say, let's have, uh, what, what's the show? Something, something for, uh, col- column, uh the column D for uh, raise prices? Or something along those lines? I'm thinking that they, uh, they did just that. The, um...
3: Well, yeah, they, you know what, their, their, uh, their ability to raise revenue is, um, you know that's good for them for the time being, anyway. Uh, so, you know that's fine. Reported accordingly, but it really is about the volume. You know more than anything else because that's telling you what's going on with the consumer.
2: Well, but it's also even though the volume is down, people are paying more than getting less. Yeah. And it's and it's it's across the board and um, I don't know. I don't know why I, I say something about this every morning, Kevin. I guess it it's so, it sort it sort of gets old, but it's. It, if it's your broken leg the story never gets old until it's fixed right
3: <laughs> yeah right that's probably a good way of putting it yeah,
2: yeah i mean and uh... I mean, w- when you have inflation when you have stuff that the fed has done again uh, the government's a winner big companies they have pricing power of a winner everybody else is a stone-cold loser and and i'm you know i guess i'm tired of being me and my friends, and the people I work with, and most of my clients are, are in the are in the, the part that goes over to fe- fence last in that group. And I, you know, I, I get tired of it. You I know, mean, my 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 brother thinks I'm sort of nuts, and he thinks these are all, these yeah, are all. Oh, he's he's absolutely correct on that. But he's convinced that these are all, these are all really good people, and these are all just legitimate mistakes, made, made the same way over and over and over again for the. How many years I've been alive? I, I don't buy that for a second, Kevin, and I don't... And it, to me, it's not it's not Democrat or Republican. It's haves and have-nots. It's power and it's money. And it's, you know... I don't know. It, it, obviously, we're not going to be able to change it. But maybe just observing oh, it makes it worse.
3: Yeah, so speaking of power, and we were, we were talking about this, but we should we should probably share with the, uh, the listeners the very strange st- uh, statistics of uh, uh, Kyle Schwarber.
2: Yeah,
3: Kyle Schwarber is uh, um, he he had he batted one ninety seven, so he he lost his battle with the Mendoza line. Struck out two hundred and fifteen times. On the other hand, he walked one hundred and twenty six times and had an on base percentage of three forty three, which is well above the major league average. He hit um, he hit forty eight home runs, forty seven home runs, and only in the last week of the season. Did he pass his home run total with his singles total? He had 47 home runs, 48 singles. I. Uh, this man has a strange basket of stats.
2: <laughs> I. I don't usually people who are really good at recognizing the strike zone and only swing at strikes don't miss him. He, I think, didn't Manny Weber say a few years ago that he. He is—he he misses more balls in the strike zone than like anybody else.
3: Yeah, he—he he has always, always in it, throughout his career, had a very, very high swing and miss rate.
2: But I mean, on strikes, it's not like he's swinging stuff in the dirt. Oh yeah, yeah,
3: it's not—he's—he's he's not Javier Baez, <laughs> who has a high swing and miss rate because he swings at things a foot out of the strike zone. No, you know, he—he's uh, as evidenced by the 126 walks. You know, he's—he's he's very disciplined on the strike zone. He just swings and misses a lot.
2: Well, you know, I I thought
3: I thought he was a guy whose you know average would uh, would uh, rise dramatically when they limited the shifting that you can do, but no, 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 he actually had his lowest batting, well, second lowest in twenty twenty at one eighty eight. So,
2: I don't, I don't. Whenever you have uh, people with with immense power, um, I remember the one year that that, uh, you know Dave Kingman was a. well, he had more power than anybody, that guy. He uh, was a monster of a man. But he, uh, you know, maybe not as much as uh guy who was a huge third baseman who was like six, eight. Anyway, became his big dude. But he, when he came to the Cubs and they, he, he just, he, he was flat-footed. He never, they never even moved his feet. Remember, he, he didn't even step into the ball. He was so strong he didn't need to. So the, the Cubs really helped him out over the hitching coach. pitching coach was. There was one year he batted like 300. And when he did... His power numbers went up. Everything went up. I mean, Frank Thomas was probably the uh, in our lifetime one of the best power hitters, and only swung at good stuff. And, and it only helped his batting average. Yeah,
3: you know, well, he's it a only helped everything that yeah. Because Frank Yeah, uh, Thomas would accumulate a hundred of everything. Yeah, so he'd get a hundred RBIs. He'd get uh, you know a hundred walks. He you know he, he was. Uh, uh, he, he was absolutely an amazing hitter, and, yeah, he was very disciplined. In fact, there was always the debate with Thomas about whether he should expand his strike zone a little bit, and I kept thinking, no, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. Um, it, it won't make him a better hitter. So so that's, uh, that's number one of the uh, silly topics that I have for today. Uh, number two, along the lines of the uh, – this is another baseball one. Um, I don't know how long ago this started, but uh, – crowds boo on the first uh, pick-off throw over to first base. Now, it started, I I, I get the idea that it started when a pitcher in the old days would pitch, would throw over five times, six times, seven times, and the crowd would start to boo, like, let's move this along here. We want to get the, you know, you're you're wasting everybody's time. Uh, But then at some point they started uh, booing on the first throw over. (laughs) <laughs> and now it's especially silly when I when I watch the games and I see them do that because you're limited. You can't even throw over more than twice without uh, without it costing you. So
2: well, the third you time know, he, he I, I you would know? think
3: they'd want them to throw over and use up his throws so that the bat uh, the pace runner had an advantage.
2: Um, if you after two, if you throw over there, if, if you don't if you don't catch him, he's out. It's a it's a ball, right? It's a block. Oh, it's a balk, not just a balk.
3: Yeah, the guy gets the base.
2: But if you if you get if you, if you catch so, him, it's so okay. I
3: wouldn't I wouldn't boo it. I would cheer for it and say do it again.
2: <laughs> See now what you're, what you're what you're missing, Kevin. And you know once in a while you you know you miss stuff. Is it what you're missing? is you as you do your teaching with people that want to learn, you, you've locked yourself into this group where people are trying to better themselves and they might have a brain cell working. You got to get out more into the regular regular group.
3: They're, where, where, where Pavlov's theories prevail?
2: Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember my the seats I had at Wrigley, we were, we were first upper deck, looking right down the third baseline. Those were the only seats I ever had, and it's the only place I ever wanted to sit, because I'd miss the game because people would stand up in front of me, because that's what people do—they stand up when they think it's going to be a big play. Problem is, you know, I was six four, I never would stand up because the people behind me couldn't see, and I didn't ever really want to be that rude, so. I, so, and that's why I, you know, I, I missed half the game. I was in the other seat. So one day, I decided to acquiesce and go with these knuckleheads and sit in the uh, what used to be the, the grandstand, and uh, which is now what? Terrace Reserve or whatever the hell they want to call it so they can charge more. And uh, remember uh, Waving Wendell? Sure, yeah, Wendell Kim, yeah. Yeah, and he and how everybody would boo him in third base coach because he, you know, he'd send people home and they'd be out, right? So... All of a sudden, one day, this guy's coming to third, and I'm looking at it. And you know, I've coached third base guy how many years, and one of the things at any level of ball, if you don't touch the bag by the time the guy lets the throw go, you got a problem, right? <laughs> it's a usually matter how slow or fast you are. If you're slower, it makes it worse. So this guy's chugging into third. Left fielder comes up with the ball, and, and when Waving Wendell, uh, because now all the fans have heard what a horrible third base coach is slow slow the guy up and he stops. Kevin, the dude would have went out by forty feet. So the entire place erupts in vo- in booze as in his moron next next to me is booing his full head off. Well he stops booing without blowing his head off and I said, you know, that dude would have been out by by forty feet. Guess what he says to me?
3: Um, well he sucks.
2: No, well he, yeah, I know that but everybody knows he sucks. So you're booing so you're bowing, you're bowing a guy on the right call because just in general everybody, well, he goes, well, everybody's bowing him. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. At this point, I stopped talking to the dude. I'm like, I can't, I can't go anywhere with this one. Just, just say.
3: So okay, here's here's your next topic. At what point should gas stations stop putting up a price for unleaded gas? Seeing as we haven't we we haven't had leaded gas for decades.
2: Um, I guess can now it's just.
3: Can they just call it regular?
2: Well, actually, uh, it's probably differentiating it from the E85, maybe.
3: Well, that's okay. You can put up E85, you can put up regular, you can put up premium.
2: You can't use ethyl anymore, because they don't use ethyl.
3: I understand. But uh, it just strikes me when I see that. It's not every gas station anymore, but you know, some of them unleaded. Why? Is leaded an option again? You no, it's definitely
2: it's- not an option. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's, a, that's, that's a very good question.
3: Uh, uh, there, there's my next, and, and then just the last thing before we get to whatever you want to discuss, is I do want to correct the record from yesterday about the, uh, the uh, um, when Brendan said the um, uh, infrastructure bill passed with uh, no Republican votes, actually it passed with 17 Republican votes in the House and 19 in the Senate.
2: Okay. Probably so, some uh, of those guys got huge amounts of money for their district, and even they had a, a pang of conscience.
3: Yeah, doesn't matter though. That was a, that was. I, hey, I was against it, so uh, it, it was a bipartisan bill though, um, uh, b- very much so.
2: Speaking of which, you were lucky that you were not in Chicago last night. I, uh, as I as I, and one of the things I ran rave on, because I used to talk to all the people at Pullman or <clears throat> project managers, and I watched the uh, the absolute stupidity of how they're doing they do projects around Chicago for the benefit of only a couple of companies and everybody else is affected. Last night, Kevin, could have been the fortunately for me, I'm, I'm a little clever when it comes to the I when I heard that how bad something happened on the Kennedy, um Andrew's gonna look it up. I don't know if it was a pavement buckle or whatever. Now, the Kennedy's down from six lanes out to four. Okay, which has caused nothing but massive consternation in the city for this whole summer and spring. And it's gonna be two more years. But I don't think even these these whatever they are anticipated of how much that's that was gonna that was gonna corral the city's traffic on any given night. It's awful. now last night it was awful on steroids. We were talking an hour and fifty minutes to Montrose. it was that bad. There they, they literally was, could not was there have an accident been accident
3: or something? That, something uh, something
2: like caused two lanes to go down. I think it might have been a pavement problem or a pothole or something. And uh so, the uh, I'm sitting. I go to. My, I have my usual Tuesday. Uh, my buddy down the block, um, my, my attorney friend. We're sitting there. His wife was playing golf down at a harbor site, and uh, all of a sudden he's off the phone. And he goes, "I guess we're moving out of the city. She can't stand it anymore." They she it
3: can't take it any longer. She okay. was
2: every. She was calling him every half hour, because he's getting her like a salad to go out of the Tripoli. He's, he's getting her, he's calling her like every half hour, saying where she is. She ended up on Halston and Grand. Everybody had to get off the expressways to get on all these side streets. It took her something like two hours and fifteen minutes to get home from Harbor Side. It was one hundred eleventh and Stonian I mean, it, it 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 never stopped. Armitage Avenue was 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 absolutely. Was, you know, that's that's like a your fifth choice of a street. It was gridlocked till probably eight thirty last night.
3: But I, this these people well, when when you reduce capacity and then lose more capacity that's that's always going to be a problem and if that's due to an unpredictable and an unmanageable uh, situation then okay that's that's the way it goes I, I I have this idea though that when you have a construction pro, uh project like that the biggest issue that you run into is that you create bottlenecks when you close um when you close lanes, and you're almost better off closing it all the way through the system, so that you don't have a bottleneck and you have a flow through. You may have a flow through at lower capacity that has to move slower, but you'll flow through it. And that's why they
2: should have been done while the Jane Jane Byrne project was yeah. going on. You know, but this idea yeah. in a metropolitan area do it, do area it all like, at
3: once. <laughs> but
2: the the idea in a metropolitan area that you only work one shift and don't work weekends, I. When you're doing something like that, it's 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 incredibly stupid, Kevin. It's incredibly yeah, stupid. Yeah, you know
3: what? I, I remember the times when it wasn't that way. When they no. would work, uh you know, 24 hours a day, they'd have all the lights up on the expressway, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, portable lights that they'd bring in so that they could work. Um, I do remember those days. So it is stupid. Yep.
2: Hey, uh, how how happy would you have been if you're the head of the Air Force? And you got the word that the White House wanted to fly to Israel. You had to get the guy there safely, front, up, and back. I mean, boy, boy, at oh least we
3: don't have to get him to Jordan now because they canceled out of that. Yeah. Remember, remember when we were going to restore respect for the country?
2: Well, um, I'm
3: old enough to remember that. That. Uh, that um,
2: we don't. We don't have a whole lot of respect. in the midst of a world crisis, the Congress bails out. And you know, and I was I was mentioning to. Uh, I, don't know who I was talking to yesterday, but Hal, uh, I think it was about. You, you have to one, one thing you learn when you when you do a show like I'm doing and like you're doing, is it's, and you certainly know it when you're teaching. It's not necessarily what you say; it's what people hear. And and the the Democrats may think that they're on on the on the right side of this page, where everybody's bitching at the Republicans because they're the ones that are they don't can't get the speaker together. But if you're overseas, all you know is Congress isn't working. You don't, you don't get, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't separate out that the Democrats in this case are the good guys, the Republicans are the bad guys, or the other way around. All they know is somehow America, in the midst of everything going on in the world, is, is essentially shut down. Now, I mean, you, you may say, and you're going to be correct, that if there was some, they're still meeting, they're still there, maybe there's even some committees that are getting together, maybe the work is being done. But it, but it doesn't matter, Kevin. To the rest of the world, they're shut down
3: well we already passed a military funding bill that's sitting in the senate and that includes funding for israel
2: yeah so i mean, i'm that, saying that
3: was that was done before so we we do have some ability to maneuver here if uh, if schumer get off his rear end and get that done
2: well I, i'm i'm not saying i, I know you're right cuz you, cuz you look at this stuff more than i do but i'm saying as a you know it, it's like if, if a city if the police go on strike the mayor can't win you know it's like if the Bears leave town, no matter what. I mean, how stupid. To do, I'm not saying they should keep them, but it's a problem if you're. You don't want it happening on your watch, right? There's there's the reality, and then there's the perception, right?
3: Uh, yeah.
2: And the perception is somehow or another, no matter all the crap that's happened in this country since 18, whenever it always started out, 17. If all the crap that's happened, we'd never have really gone without a House of representatives for this length of time, have we? I mean yeah, and you're right. They're still doing probably some not. stuff and everything. But yeah. and, and and maybe they could be doing ninety percent of the stuff they normally do, Kevin. But it doesn't matter. To the whole world they're shut down.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, I get that. You know, it mean my my own opinion is the you know <laughs> a week without passing legislation yeah, well, is probably a better week than a week with passing legislation.
2: Well, that's you know, that's uh, Probably true in a lot of ways.
3: <laughs> when you when you think of some of the crap that gets through, I think it's true. But well, they, that I, I'm not suggesting that's a good reason to shut everything down. I, you know, I think they're going to resolve it pretty soon. And you may recall what I said uh, last week is uh, um, the the Democrats were party to this as well because they lined up enough votes against um, McCarthy. Um, you know, in in other words, they could have they could have voted to keep McCarthy and then keep it in, and they chose. And, and politically, it's a good move for them. I'm not uh, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it, but they, they could have easily chosen to um, uh, to keep McCarthy because all they needed was a few votes from Democrats. Uh, but they chose the uh, chaos on the Republican side and uh, and and the ability to make them look bad. Uh, and so I'm not saying they're to blame. This is all the Republicans' problem. But they could have uh, they could have kept commerce open Congress open and I also said they probably should be careful what they've wished for here because they may get a speaker they don't like and at the time I suggested such as Jim Jordan yep and I think it's going to wind up being Jordan um, with a little more a little more a little more maneuvering and um, so you know you gotta you gotta you know, Got to finesse things sometimes. Sometimes well, you got to decide. You just, b- decide what your lesser evil is.
2: What you just mentioned, without probably even even thinking that you said it, uh, you said it was probably a good move politically. I'm, I'm at the stage here where this constant sneaky move to stab the other side right, 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 right between the butt cheeks. It's not good for me.
3: It's not productive.
2: It's not productive at all. It's it's it. it, it the good move politically. Oh, Trump scored a big win today because he insulted this guy. Oh, this guy scored a big win today because he insulted Trump. That's not a win for anybody Kevin. I don't think. I don't,
3: yeah, I I don't, I don't someday, remember. Uh, someday we'll get grown-ups involved.
2: Um, yeah, I, I don't remember. Uh, Brandon had this stuff, and I didn't ask him the right questions. I don't, only had him on for a half hour. When when guys like Tip O'Neill and those guys ran b- before the Newt thing, uh... Did those guys get no votes from the other party as speaker, or do they get votes from the other? I, I, I don't. I have no idea. Do You?
3: Uh, we'd have to go back and look.
2: I'm guessing that they probably did get both votes from the other side.
3: Well, you know, ultimately, politics needs to be the art of the possible, not. And and, and we've got too many people who are absolutists, and this is this is a both sides thing. So I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing one side or the other on this, but. It you know it's what can you get done, not which isn't always the same as what you want to get done. Uh, so you just you move the needle a little bit, and you know I, I think that's uh, that's important. Um, it you know it, it's an important way to think about uh, um, about how you go about the business of uh, of legislating, uh, and you know so what can bring some votes from the other side on board. And, you know we, we we're just talking about the infrastructure bill it had enough appeal to enough Republicans to pass it easily to be veto proof if, uh, uh, if if you want to go that way um, you know it, it was there it was uh, and and that's the kind of thought process that we need now you know again I, I was against the bill because it doesn't have much infrastructure built into it no no uh, and so, uh, you know, so we called it the interest. you know, it's just like the inflation reduction bill it didn't have a lot of inflation reduction built into it. So, um, so, you know, that, that would have been my opposition to it, but they managed to put enough stuff in it. That, and unfortunately we do it the wrong way too. We don't, we don't compromise and say where, you know, where is some common ground that we can both uh, both sides can live with. What we do is we say, what goodies can we throw in there? To well, buy that's, the,
2: that's what I was just going to say. The, because before we get a break here, it was, it's, it's the idea that the infrastructure bill was a was a big giveaway, and of money we don't have. But the Republicans, or the other way, it would be the Democrats. You say, "Hey, we're passing out all this dough. My district better get some. I can't. I can't come back with nothing."
3: Yeah, and it's I mean, really the. the I right drive, then we then we got something. But, but all right. uh, um Bumper music. Chuck uh, Chuck Berry's birthday today, so yeah. think we think we have to get some Chuck Berry
2: here. I haven't I haven't said this for for a long time, because uh, because it, it is it is it is so stupid, but yet it's very true. How can that be both the same? If you lived in a village, and somehow like the Federal Reserve uh, did, and without without worrying about the ramifications, if every morning you went to your mailbox and there was, I was gonna say a hundred I was like five hour bill, but they don't have those anymore a 100-hour bill in there, and you don't know what it's doing, all of a sudden you notice the price of the bass boats and the cars and everything starting to go up, and the price of the beers at the saloon going up. You know why it's happening, because somebody's putting a 100 dollars bill in everybody's mailbox. And you could be against it. You could find or try and find out who it is and who's kind of wrecking the society even though everybody thinks they're being helped. But the last thing you want to do, Kevin, is tear down your mailbox. You can't do that because all of a sudden now <clears throat> you have no, you have no weapons to even fight it so I mean the, the Republicans or the Democrats who's ever on these oh, and, committees... And you're, and you're funding it too yeah. so
3: you know it, so it doesn't matter you know the idea that okay I'm against it I don't want it but the feds are reaching into my pocket to take the money to fund this or reaching into my grandchildren's pocket depending on the approach um, it, you know at that point you've got to say well you know I then I have to take my share of it as well. What, stupid
2: not to. But but at what point? I mean, if, if I went to Congress, God, uh, and, and the first of all, I'd have to be as an independent. If I maybe maybe because of my Democratic roots, I could roll on that side. But I don't care what what, what my what the label was over my head, Kevin. I'd be the first person every day yapping yep, on C-SPAN about how we can't go on like this because we're broke and and it, and the, we've taken the whole damn world with us. With this, I mean, one of the reasons why the Lebanese currency is down 90% is because ours is down 40. I really, I mean, I don't know how I can t- tie that together. I'm not Milton Friedman, but uh, I know that we're we're leading the rest of the world down the rat hole. I know we are. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? I'm just nuts or what?
3: Oh no, we're playing we're playing the uh, fiddle to, uh, not the fiddle. Uh, what um, the, the, we're going Pied Piper on it. But.
2: Yeah, S&P futures down 16. Nasdaq futures down 74. Yesterday, we'll talk about it uh, as I do uh, traffic weather sports. Wildest day, way down, could come the way up, you know, and it was unchanged. You'd say, ah, that was an easy one. No, it wasn't. we back, back in a minute, Stacks and Jacks.
0: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
4: 8810, or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. CognosHR, Innovation and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
2: Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I have always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I am not so sure. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell, uh, Andrew on the board, uh, Kevin with us. We're going to do Stacks. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm all of a sudden, Kevin, I'm captivated. Go to uh, CNBC and look at this thing, the, the secret life of Jimmy Zong. Stolen, lost more than $3 billion in Bitcoin by hacking into the thing way back in, in when it first started and stole all, pe- all these people's Bitcoin and stuff. This is an incredibly fantastic article about how this guy... <laughs> stole all this money and then he get broken into and called the police and then they found out that he was a crook years ago and that's how he got it all or something. And he was he was a University of Georgia bar bar crowd kind of guy out in all the out in all the student bars I every mean. night. I'm jealous. What, what do you think? Just saying. The uh guess I thought something Andrew would do, you know Over over in Asia we've got the uh you can up a buck, call that flat, hang sang down forty 0.2 uh, percent, 17,732, Shanghai down 24.8 percent. Here we have the futures down 17 and the Nasdaq's down 76. We're uh, in Europe, we've got the DAX down 103, that's 0.7 percent, FTSE down 56.7. 0.7, CAC around down 46.7. so even, even across the board down 0.7 percent. Yesterday it looked like we were unchanged or anything but unchanged yesterday at any point during the day. Dow was up 13, and S&P down 43 cents, NASDAQ down 34, but we were way down, came back to being pretty much way up, a huge interday move, then back to being down, then came back on the close to being unchanged. Very, very strange. Bonds, uh, down 3 basis points, 4.82, so a run to 5% is being interrupted here, at least a little bit. Uh, the bond unchanged, 2.87. Japan up 3 basis points, 0.81. Uh, we have oil uh, up 235, 89.01, pushing 90 bucks here. Where it was a few weeks ago and then came back off, but now it's got a bit again. Rent up 224, 92.17. Natural gas up a penny, 309. Arbob up 4 cents, 232. Got gas last week, 245. I bet I won't get that this week. Gold up 23 bucks, 1958. Silver up 36 cents, 2338. Copper up 3 cents, 361. I've got my people uh, well, I'm really long gold and silver here, but uh, it's not a huge compliment because I was way early. Even if it works out, I was too early. Bitcoin down 81 bucks, 0.3%, 28,405. And the U.S. dollar, which causes a lot of this, is pretty much unchanged. It's slightly up against the euro and slightly down against the pound. Nothing moving there at all. Andrew, we got for us Trevy Weather Sports. All righty. It is Wednesday, October 18th. It is currently
1: 6:39 uh, here in Chicago. Starting off with some sports. Uh, we have a little bit of basketball. The Bulls lost to the Raptors, 106 to 102. And over in baseball, the Dynamax lost to the Phillies 0-10. But for Chicago weather, it's currently 47 degrees. We have mostly clear skies right now. We're going to have a high of 68 today, and that's going to hit around around 4 p.m. And a slight chance of rain as we get into the night as well. Uh, Over in Phoenix, they're currently at 71 degrees. They're going to have clear skies, and looks like that'll be all day. Uh, But they're going to have a high of 100 degrees, and it's also going to hit around 5 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, looks like traffic has been building just in these past few minutes here. I uh, expect heavier delays on the inbound I-57 and the Bishop Ford. Uh, but otherwise, it's about business as usual, especially if you're coming in on the Eisenhower uh, and Stevenson. I'm not seeing too much, uh, almost a little bit lighter today on the Kennedy. If, if this radar... is no ever going
2: to drive again after yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's almost... I wasn't expecting that, but... Um,
2: Unless you have any more details to add on that, Tom, uh, that's all I got. Yeah, traffic. You, see if you can dig up, see what happened, if it was a pavement buckle or what it was, but something was a mess. But just just Google Chicago traffic snarl yesterday or something, it'll <laughs> pop right up. That's exactly what I was doing, and all I could find was same old construction. So, yeah, I'll keep digging. The uh, So, Kevin, one of the places that was robbed in Lincoln Park was my Italian restaurant 40 yards in front of my house on this weekend. The Tarantino's was broken into is uh, you know, you look at the crime statistics in Chicago, and they don't they don't tell the tale at all. The statistics, they're going to say, are actually, uh, violent crime might be down a little bit, but it's all day long in every neighborhood now. So it's, depending on who you are or where you were, yes, in Inglewood, it's down because, guess what, there's no houses there anymore. Okay, it's down there, but it's all over the city. And if you look at, hey, Jack, jackass, 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, there's people getting shot. It never used to be like that. It used to be just in the middle of the night. Now it is. But hey, did you realize, <clears throat> did you realize we should uh, <clears throat> get our buddy Ryan back on to talk about this? I didn't realize that in uh, again. I'm, I'm fascinated by this article. That the in uh, 2012, so, you know, you're supposed to know all this stuff, Kevin. You're a, a 2012. Somebody stole. Now, of course, if you listen to guys like Ryan, I'm not giving him crap, but maybe I am. <clears throat> the idea that this Nobody can mess with this. Whoever put this together was such a genius. Then he went back to the, you know, to the, the Shaolin Temple where the hell he came from, and now it's just out there for people to deal with. And it's so perfect. 2012. Somebody stole 50,000 Bitcoin from the Silk Road, an illegal dark web marketplace. Over time, the value of the stolen Bitcoin skyrocketed to more than three billion dollars. And for years, it remained one of the biggest mysteries in the world is cryptocurrency. Do you remember that? We have Kevin. Oh, looks like he has himself muted still. Kevin, un- unmute yourself. Um, the uh, there we go. There you go. You, I hate yeah, it when you. I hate I, it when I, you. I had
3: cough earlier, so I muted myself.
2: Um, uh, yeah, well, you, I hate. I hate it when. Now, there are a few people that you'd like to be able to say, "Mute thyself," but you yeah, know, no kidding.
3: But you're not, uh, and, and please don't unmute. Yeah. Um, and and I'm sure we have some listeners who are saying, "Oh yeah, <laughs> we're talking about you, Kevin." Yeah. Uh, at any rate, um, yeah, it, uh, there's, there's a lot of security built into uh, cryptocurrencies and into blockchain. But there is nothing that's foolproof. And ultimately, it isn't the transactions that are so hackable as it is if somebody gets into your wallet where you store your funds. That's, you know, that's not transactional. That's you know, where you have it parked. And if somebody gets into there, then the whole question is: can, once you're in, can you liquidate the money? Can you turn it into something other than Bitcoin, like U.S. currency or U.S. cash, um, uh, or get it into a bank account before anybody notices? This is the same thing that happened with the um, when the Colonial Pipeline got hacked about three years ago, and they paid the ransom uh, and and. A uh, large portion of it got clawed back because they couldn't get it out of their Bitcoin wallet fast enough uh, to uh, to turn it into the funds that were, you know, that, that essentially they had absconded with. So, uh, yeah, no, there's there's nothing that's unhackable.
2: Why haven't I heard the word, if I talk about way in the back of the brain, I haven't heard the word Silk Road for a while. People used to talk about that all the time. It's an illegal dark web marketplace. What's that all about?
3: Well, you know what the dark web is.
2: I actually I do not. That was my my next question.
3: Uh, well, basically, it's uh, the, the dark web is a series of websites that uh, they they don't publish a uh, a web address. So
2: you know, how do you, you get there? The,
3: you think of the domain name system as um, as like the phone book for the uh, uh, for the um, internet, where you put in www.stocksandjocks.net, and then uh, and that gets converted to an IP address, of an endpoint address on the internet, um, where uh, uh, where your servers reside. So uh, so that's you know that that's what happens. Well, if you don't publish it, then uh, it, you you have to in the simplest form, the simplest explanation. And there's there's layers of this that make it more and more difficult to get to. But if you don't publish it, then you just have to know the IP address to talk to somebody at a specific endpoint. So, you know, uh, if I, let, let, me, let me do something real quickly. I'm going to um, cmd command prompt, and I'm going to ping net and so when I do that I get back a reply and says the uh, IP address for the server for stocksandjocks.net is 107.180.28.184 um so I could just as well put that IP address in as as, as to put in stocksandjocks.net um, there is nothing for the dark websites that is going to resolve that where you're going to have a English-like name and it's going to resolve it to the website. So you got to have connections. You got to you got to know what the destination is, and key that in. So that's you know that's the 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 easiest explanation for it. Like so if I, I was thought, if
2: I was looking for if I was if I was out to buy a thousand rockets, <laughs> if I was Hamas, and I knew the 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 destination website address, uh, not the one we would use, like you say, rockets dot com. I can I can call up that site and, and find the guy or whoever else selling And you can
3: you can talk to people, you can chat with people, you can you can arrange for deals and so on. And and you know they always try to keep it as a moving target so that the uh, uh, the authorities can't catch up easily. And you know I, and like I said I'm just giving you the simplest, you know, first layer type of explanation for it, but the point is there is no like you said www.rockets.com. There is some Website out there though, where you can reach out to people and then arrange to meet offline or you know have conversation, whatever, uh, about doing a purchase.
2: Okay. The uh, so, like I said, this article here I'm reading about the uh, Silk Road stuff. It is it is fascinating on many fronts here. It's it's a uh, um, written by Eamon Javers, who, who's the guy's on TV a lot, and Paige uh, Tor. Tortorelli, that's a young Italian girl. Um, but it, it speaks wow. about a lot of stuff here, Kevin. Uh, and it, it evidently, the, the guy, was he just stayed, stayed at school, hanging around in school bars and stuff. It's a massive security thing on his house, okay? Now he had this break-in. But the weird part, they broke into his house, so he calls 911. And the athens Clark County Police Department shows up, they, they had no idea what they were dealing with. It was it was a crypto break-in where they they hacked them. they got into the guy's computers, there was broken windows and stuff. They had no idea what they were dealing with. It's like like Matty Weber saying that 85% of all stealing now is done online, and yet the Chicago police, the county police, the state police have no idea how to deal with that at all. There might, might be a group somewhere in the state police or someplace that tries to break this down, but basically 85% of, of all of all larceny is is done outside of the, the purview of the police departments, and they, and they don't yeah, care. So,
3: so listeners, tell your kids to uh, major in cybersecurity because there's going to be a really... There is already and will continue to be a demand for people who really do understand this.
2: Well, so the police ended up calling a private investigator to investigate, some lady, who ended up cracking this case, evidently. Without, but she just kept at it, kept at it. Even, I mean, she just didn't call somebody else. She just kept at it. Uh, but the... But it's it's fascinating the different the different layers of this. I mean, I mean, if if you go to a, I'll say a bar or whatever it is, and you all of a sudden you put your your your, your thingy in a cash station, your Excuse debit you. card your debit card in a cash station, all of a sudden you you know that they, somebody's dragging money out of your account, and he, you you fly out of there if you can find a squad car, you pull the guy over. He would hell have no idea what you're talking about. and Wonder's why you stopped him. Yet if if somebody stole an old lady's purse, he's all over it, right? It, it more money went down in the cash machine than ever went in the old lady's purse. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's a, it's an odd world we're in, but. Uh,
3: well, it, it is, and uh, so now we have the name for today's show, though. Thingy in the Cash station.
2: Um, yeah, don't put your thingy in the cash station.
3: Definitely do not put your thingy in the cast station.
2: That's actually my only app. On my uh, well, actually I actually have a bunch of apps because I bought the phone used that I never use. Mm-hmm. My only app I use is the parking meter app which is a darn handy app yeah which Webby says to me don't ever put your credit card in one of those things so I don't but well, the so nice part the, is, is well the nice part is if you think you're going to stay for an hour and you run into somebody you're, you like talking to it'll it'll you can you can extend it from in the bar you want to put it in a, you're about to expire nope give me another 30 minutes cutting a business deal another 30 minutes right or the, the games in the expert innings which is probably more more to the point um, is it be kind of weird if, if if is there a is there a there's not a all the, all the teams left now are not division winners are there in a baseball? No, Houston won. Houston, Houston
3: won, it. won it. Houston won it. But it, that one was either going to be Houston or Texas. So you know, uh, if, if Houston hadn't won, it Texas would have.
2: Yeah, the uh, it's uh you, you look. I thought it was going to be Texas uh, Diamondbacks. Now it looks like it's going to be uh, Texas. Philly, eh? the Diamondbacks
3: hey. picked a bad time to stop hitting.
2: Yeah, well, Philly's got a couple of good pitchers.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, the other side has guys too. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, nevertheless, they, they, you know, have they scored a run yet in this series?
2: Well, they're going to go back to Arizona with that that monster uh, outfield they have out there, and they, they could that they could change. They got the fastest outfield around.
3: Might help their cause. It, it, it might. Um, we'll, you know, we'll see. It, I mean, this is, uh, uh, you know, it's it's been an interesting postseason, in general. I, you know, I told you, what my only problem with it is, is that it's halfway through the football season. So, you know, for the for the most part, you know, you, you get some hardcore fans. Some some of us really like baseball, so I'll keep tabs. But even even I'm not going all that uh, uh, all that intense on this, because you know everybody has moved on unless it's your team that's still alive
2: yeah except tonight's wednesday and there's no football on so you got to watch it
3: yeah i understand that i understand that um that that might also be the the way that a lot of guys will surrender the clicker uh, to their better halves
2: um that's when you get the other tv
3: you you, you bargain you bargain when you have to you know
2: <laughs> that's um so you know we we talked a little bit you know kind of kind of doggy down I, I uh have a group that we meet occasionally, and one of the guys is all over this uh, the the uh migrant thing i I tell you what this is the, this is the greatest uh p r thing that positive that's ever happened for this mayor every everything now wrong with the city is because of these migrants everything the, li- the little do they know that they caused every problem that's been here for forty years just saying
3: uh, you know, hey, you, uh, Blame migrated with them.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's absolutely spectacular. Hundreds of millions of dollars. There's, there's, there's at best, there's ten thousand people here. The food depository feeds two hundred twenty thousand people a day. Gotta, by the way, Andrew, uh, take a note. We gotta ask those guys to come back in They were on a couple times. They're great guests. It might be up to like two fifty. They and th- did they get any government money at all, Kevin? I mean, they must. Maybe they get some, but uh, they so. With so the, here's a group that's paying that's uh, doing two hundred twenty thousand meals a day, and not getting not getting money from any public. They might be getting some somewhere. Uh, everything's donated and all kinds of stuff. And for the for the city to feed, ten thousand people, it's going to be like you know how many hundreds of millions of dollars. What what, what does that tell you right there?
3: Hundreds of millions of dollars to feed them, huh?
2: Yeah, everything's the number to care and the feeding. They're living in tents for God's sake.
3: Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about, uh, I would be curious to know, is uh, out of all that money just to feed people, how much of it uh, is spent on food and how much of it is spent on administering?
2: Uh, well,
3: you gotta, you got to pay people to prepare and all that kind of stuff, I suppose, uh, or to manage it if you're just, uh, doing food bank-style handouts. But how much do you suppose is really being spent on food?
2: Well, there's got to be people in the way. There's community organizers. There's all kinds of people. Do you think the the guy who got the tent contract? Do you think that was a, a, a fair and open auction, published on the back page of the Tribune? You know, we have an auction such and such a date.
3: No, we can't do that because we're, it's an emergency. So we just yeah. have to go with the. the uh, have you to know, go with my buddy. It could happen. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, what, what what did Mike uh, Mike Reiko also always say was the uh, official slogan of Chicago? Where's mine? Where's mine?
2: Yeah. Um, that would. Uh, I like the other one a little bit better. We don't want nobody, nobody sent. But that's not really uh, Rico's better on the Where's Mine because you the city slogan has to be short, right? I remember yep. one. I remember one of his columns was. If you if you find somebody, back then mostly it was men that were because if you find a guy that can't say what he does in three words, don't trust him. I fight fires, I fight crime, <laughs> I build buildings, <laughs> I I lay concrete. If 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 somebody launches into some long dissertation about consulting and this and that and the other thing, he goes don't, don't trust him because they don't know what he does. It's the same. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the dude.
3: What are you doing? Three words.
2: Yeah. What me? I manage money. All right. There you go. I could say I do a podcast. You know, that's four words. Well, I I do podcasting. That's one word, right? There you go. Just uh, I don't I don't see how we before we project ourselves to other people. I think you need to have your own house in order. And I don't see how our house gets in order. This uh, permanent group of people don't seem to want to work. Now I think it's something that's over, that's over over pushed, but there's no training. I mean Audrey on Monday. I don't know if you listened. I had I had no idea because she was uh, telling me on on uh, Sunday, I, and I knew that like Tilden Tech and CVS and those places had you know uh, pretty serious uh, you know uh, Lane Tech had pretty serious. I'm going to say blue-collar shop-type classes, engineering stuff, mechanical drawing, woodworking, I mean, you name it. I didn't realize that, the, like, a regular high school, like she went to Kelly, I didn't realize that a regular high school had all that. I mean, I should have because, actually, you know, weird part, I was in the Chicago Public Schools as a janitor um, kind of forever, for like six years with between breaks and summers and going to college. I was, nev- I was never in a high school, Kevin, which is kind of weird, isn't it? I was in a couple upper grade centers, mostly all grammar schools, so I never actually was a sub janitor at a place like Kelly or Tilden or something. So, I, I don't, well, actually, I was I was South Shore. Something I did a summer at South Shore, but they didn't have any of that stuff. Well, at least that, in a new building where I was, I don't remember them having big workshops and all that kind of stuff over there. But I mean, you know, I'd said, I I was surprised. She said they had classes for adults at night. I don't remember that. Do you?
3: Uh. No, but I was out in suburbia, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I know they surely did it at South Shore during the summer. There was nothing going on there. I mean, they like said I was the only high school. I never went to a, a, you know, a big, real big school like a Kelly or a Clemente or one of those places. Uh, ma- you know, maybe they did, but, but the question is, why don't we? I mean, we, 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 you know, we, uh, we curse the darkness so much. Somebody's got to light a light a match here and a candle, don't you think?
3: Yeah, and I've got an interesting situation um, going on where they use our campus nonstop. In fact, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm teaching some classes for them, the uh, Lippert Corporation, and they do a lot of adult education, not just development in quality management, which I have, or supply chain management, which I have some courses for them going, and we're going to do procurement, we're going to do all kinds of things for them, but. Um, but they also have uh, uh, GED classes, and they have um, English uh, English classes for their Spanish-speaking employees. Uh, and and what they do is they send them over to uh, Ivy Tech as um, uh, on the clock. You know, uh, one day a week they're over at, at Ivy Tech, and they're on the payroll for Lippert, and uh, and they pay for the education. And I, you know, I think there's a lot of solution to be had in in that model. Um, That there's a real interest for the, you know, for a lot of businesses to develop their workforce, especially if they don't feel that their workforce is being developed by the uh, traditional education system.
2: Well, there's a a place, I don't go there that often because it's, it's in Orleans, so it's hard for me to leave my truck there and stuff, but there's a place in Orleans called Checkpoint it's run by these. Uh, these, again, I'm going to sound really weird here. They're from the Middle East. I, I can't. I don't know. I have no idea what country they're from, Kevin. But every, every all the guys working there are like six, seven. So whatever whatever country over there, and I don't want to ask them like where the hell you guys are from. But there's a there's a pretty good sized Middle Eastern population out in the Orlando area, and guys come by all day long, like only to these guys, in whatever language they're speaking, and these guys up goes the hood, they do something, they make some adjustment, they fix something, they charge you and, and the guy never, they never even pay, the guy just goes, no, oh, that's okay, and they, they take off but they have uh, got a reputation, even among the, the big Firestone place next door I said, what do what you, you think of these guys next door because I was getting my uh, alignment done at the Firestone place, and they do a nice job too, and the guy goes, any any electrical problem we, we can't solve, we send over there, he goes, they're unbelievably good and so I, last time I was in there I looked at the wall, the guy must have 12 or 15 certificates from Moraine Valley and it'd be you know so-and-so completed uh, a 15-week course in automotive braking systems Then the one next to it is automobile exhaust systems and the guy basically built his whole expertise and and he and the guys in there going to Moraine Valley they must be they must have maybe trained under somebody as well but they built their almost whole expertise and now they get this incredibly thriving business Taking these classes at Marine Valley, and you know what, they they work their fannies off. You know what, I mean, Anybody could do that. I mean, not, I mean, not anybody because they're smart and they work hard. But it's not like you can't get there if you really want to. I think.
3: I, I agree, but I, I think a lot of it is, will, will it is and will continue to be driven as a uh, partnership with the uh, business communities because uh, because it, it it's it's not it's not as political. You know, so, um, so, you you know, you have a better chance of doing it and doing it effectively when there's no politics involved in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, – anyway, what uh, – we have a bye this week, right? So we don't have to, we don't have to fight playing, about the game. Playing
3: the University of bye, yes.
2: The University of bye. Uh, I thought it was a great win Saturday night. Hopefully we knocked the guy out of the Heisman race. Um,
3: Which, which I think is for a change because Notre Dame has had a way over the years of – Taking these uh, relatively unknown quarterbacks and making them look like stars, and uh, and and helping them gain uh, notoriety and get into uh, Heisman consideration. So for a change, uh, took it the other way. I think we took him out. Hey, I, I don't have anything against uh, against Caleb Williams. I you know he's
2: yeah you do. He plays for Southern Cal.
3: Well, only that. You know yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is that, that that's what I have against him is uh, is he's part of the evil empire. But on a personal <laughs> level I got nothing against him. Um and, uh, and and who knows, he might be the Bears' next quarterback. So uh I think the Bears
2: know, need to spend a, another number one draft pick on a quarterback.
3: Yeah, because they haven't done that enough. I don't know. This will uh, be
2: this'll be number seven in the last what fifteen years.
3: You know what you you gotta go blind squirrel theory on this one.
2: Yeah. Um well, sooner or
3: later they're gonna they're gonna get it right. Um, just you know, keep going, keep trying.
2: <laughs> oh God!
3: Uh, but you know, look. But otherwise, yeah, you know, that's an extra week off to sort of bask and enjoy the win, and uh, um, you know, wake up every day and say, uh, uh, "Yep." What well, then those. again? Then again, Kevin,
2: you could you could always. How do you define stupidity? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result.
3: Yeah, I believe that's insanity, but I'll go Same with thing. it. Same
2: thing. What's the difference? SB Futures down 18. Nasdaq Futures down 93. Be right back. Professor Russell Rhodes.
5: 3456 that's 708 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com stocks jocks, and jocks. stocks and jocks you are out of control right, here. right now right here right now right now
3: There's something happening here but What it is
7: Well,
2: I going not pay stacks and jacks. I'm Howie T- Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 17. NASA Futures down 90. Do we have the professor? I'm here. How are you, bud?
7: I'm doing okay. I'm from. I'm, I'm calling in from the Southeastern Volatility Mecca. Or I'm sorry, the Southern Volatility net Mecca. Austin, Texas. Really? Yeah, I'm at the SIBO uh, Risk Management Conference.
2: Um, that's anybody left from the SIBO in the upper upper floor is going to be there. Well,
7: there are people here. Oh yeah, there are a lot of people here. It was kind of it's almost like a reunion for me. I hadn't seen a lot of these SIBO people in some time, uh, some since before COVID. So it's kind it's it's been fun to be down here, but uh, uh, the real work gets started tomorrow after some fun.
2: Were you were you around when they? Had, Risk Management Conference was, uh, um, I would say, sponsored by a bunch of people.
7: Yeah, uh, I I missed that, but but I know uh, I I know why they narrowed it down to to not you know not having a whole lot of sponsors. It's because all the sponsors wanted to have a say on the program. So
2: because I, uh, I recall, so it was they
7: the, went through a cycle where there you know there were they were even splitting it with other exchanges. And then uh, they they moved in a different direction on it.
2: I, I seem to recall the last one I was at, mm-hmm. as they say in the South side, it was the it was the Board of Trade, the CBOE, the Merck, and I, yeah. I don't know if it was any other options exchange. Might, you know what I think it was? It might no, have been There the was lo- not
7: another. There wasn't another options exchange. And you're you're going back to before my time, and um, I I was actually uh, I had been. I was being brought along to take over uh, running the risk management conference, and it, God, I'm glad I didn't. The last thing in the world I want to do is run a conference.
2: You know, I think I think London was involved.
7: Uh, uh, yeah, they may have been. I mean, that, again, that's what, that's before my time. I asked why they they didn't do that anymore, and they just said that it, it was becoming. It, it, they were losing the ability to con, to, to have. Ultimate say over what the presentations were and everything, so they, they decided to completely take it back. There and were some other exchanges involved. Uh,
2: there were some uh, characters in that in that group. Uh, oh yeah. Quick story. I won't. Yeah. It, I won't lob out any it, name. It it, sh-
7: it shifted from being kind of boondogglish to you know being um. A, a yeah, it, it, the geeks took over, like everything else.
2: Yeah, I hate it when those so geeks take over. It was, yeah, well, it was definitely, it was all golfing. Like,
7: and- I, I went, I went to a presentation last night. The, the, one of the reasons that they chose to have it down here is the Formula One races this weekend. Okay. Uh, in Austin, I won't be here. I'm not. I'm not sticking around for that part. Uh, but they, they had a guy that, that they, they had a presentation with with somebody from Formula from the Ferrari team, Of Formula One. Talking about all the data that they use when they're you know manage, managing the car during a race, uh, they said they were taking in a, a million data points a second from all the cars that are on the track because they update them they update the data every hundred meters with sensors wow. that are all around the track. Uh, but the point was they, they they do a lot of big data analysis and you know the quants in our space do a lot of big data analysis as well. Uh, they said that the guy said yeah we got we, we the formula one guy said we well we take in a million data points a, a second he goes that's probably you know not 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 as much as you guys are dealing with i can remember uh bitman saying that Sibo sent out a billion or i'm sorry a million um messages a second from updating all of the different quotes throughout the trading day because you know, you got a thousand stocks with options, yep. and then you've got you know a thousand thousands of options on some of those stocks. Uh, so yeah, the the you know the similarities were there, but we
2: were, were you uh, there the day that you're. You know,
7: if, if you screw up the date, you screw up the data in Formula One, you kill somebody. Well, you, uh, were you uh, gonna,
2: were you there the day that your buddy Blair Hold like took the whole system down?
7: No, I was not. But I uh, and you know it better than I do. I've just heard it like third hand.
2: Um. When I uh, little quick story here about the history of this stuff. In every in every crowd, there used to be like a quote reporter or a tour, and in the OEX, there was all kinds of them. And when people belted, you know, belched out their, the, those things aren't quarter bit. I'm three eighths bid. The quote reporter would they were fastest could be, they would immediately put the three eighths bit up there. So every, so yeah, I mean the thing about the CBOE, that was different than the, the futures exchanges is you could police your own order and know whether you got a good fill or not. And most of the time, I think you got a good fill. I mean, b- virtually all sure. the time. Uh, but then I went on to, re- there was so many options. This is when, you know, there was only options every three months in a stock, and then there became every month, and I was not there when it became yeah. every week. But all of a sudden, individual people could not keep, you know, somebody would say, okay, move the dip, the, the deeps all up a quarter. So all the ones that were deep in the money, instead of being, you know, you know, fifteen bid at fifteen and a half, and the one above it was twenty bid at twenty and a half. They'd move them off from fifteen and a quarter to fifteen and three quarter. I mean, people had to keep keep doing that manually all day long, and, and with yeah. the quote board. So finally, people said, "Okay, we need some kind of an auto quote system where you could set some volatility where at least the deeps, uh, deep calls, deep puts, somebody doesn't have to change them manually." And this this evolved over time to where the CBOE had a pretty nice auto quote system that could be set by people. Uh, the OEX, I think, was always still sort of manual. Maybe the deeps were auto quote, but the what the Seaboat system did, which was pretty genius, was they would they would if the new calculations came out for the new options, the system would look at the old quotes that were up there, and if it was the same, they didn't change them because, like you said, this just happened every second or two, so they wouldn't change them. So there, w- there wouldn't be this change in a bit of information going out, because everyone is a bit, right? A, a bit or two or whatever. So Blair Hall says, I want my own auto quote system, it's better than yours. Well, the people who reviewed his system, they were to too let's say they they failed to ask, Oh, by the way, does your system have a look at the quotes and see if it's the same, they don't change him? Because they didn't. So he had probably fifteen stacks in his whatever he was, a DPM or whatever crowd it was. There may to be, let's say, a thousand individual quotes, right? Not like today. There weren't every week, weeklies, uh-huh. or dailies or anything. But every, like, half a second, they were changing every single quote. Even if they were the same. If one was three to a quarter and the new one was three to a quarter, it changed it from three to a quarter to three to a quarter. It actually was a change. It took the entire system down in, like, five minutes as soon as he turned it down. Nobody could figure out what happened. they finally realized it was Blair Hall it had taken like ten times the amount of power that the the exchange combined. And they, they made him shut it off till, till they put the new uh, system in. But I, had, I actually had a breakfast. Talk about name dropping, uh, Russell, which I don't normally do because I really can't. I I went. To, I was chairman of marketing, and I did it was doing a seminar some other place. So I flew into. I think we. were, What was the place? Was the original Fat Farm near near uh, San Diego? They still have golf course uh, I... t- golf tournaments. There was a. Uh, I'll think of the name of it, but it it was the first place people went for like a week or two to slim down, they had the the huge workout facility and the golf course, Uh, I'll I'll think of the name. So I landed at San Diego Airport, it's probably a 45 minute drive, right? So of course, they didn't send me a car, right, a limousine, because I'm just a schlump. They said you can pile into this car that we're sending for this other guy, and I'm like, who the hell the other guy? So I show up, and there's this big honking Cadillac limousine, right? And I get in there, and there's the bar, which I didn't, I didn't touch anything in the bar, but it's like a sofa bed. <laughs> it's huge. They said, Well, we're waiting for the other guy. All of a sudden, the other guy doesn't show up. Guess who the other guy was going to be, and he didn't show up?
7: Uh, in San Diego? Yeah. Somebody needed to lose weight?
2: No, no, well, no. This was for the camera. It was Arthur Levitt. He was the head of the oh, SEC.
7: Okay.
2: Oh, wow. SEC. <laughs> so so I, I I almost had a 45-minute ride. I could have grilled the head of the SEC for 45 minutes, and I lost my chance. He didn't show up. I don't, I don't know if he knew I was at the limousine with him or he just had somewhere else to go. I don't know. I don't think he ever showed up for the conference.
7: I'm not getting in there. I, you know, you, you, you probably were uh, – I was, I was getting ready to say head your nose in the phone, but I was way too far oh, back for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Reading the paper, he poked his head in and said, uh-uh. Yeah, not that with and this took guy. took the cab.
2: So the yeah, next morning at breakfast, I'm sitting there with uh, whoever the head of the Merck was. Remember the guy from the, the head of the Board of Trade? That's now in jail because he tried to. He went to. He escaped to Italy because he wasn't paying his wife. To, the tell us his One name? The, uh,
7: what, Arbor. Yeah,
2: the guy who was the boxer.
7: Yeah.
2: Got it. Yeah. If you talk to the guy. No, uh, no, no. Uh, that that
7: no, Pat Arbor. So no, what? Pat Arbor. Yeah, but Pat Arbor wasn't a boxer.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Oh,
7: wasn't I, was th- I was thinking the other guy did. That... Oh,
2: um, well, there were a bunch of guys after him, but...
7: Jack San- Jack Sander.
2: No, no, well, Jack Sander was at the uh, Merck. He was a Merck.
7: Yeah, but he was also a... He was a boxer. Like
2: yeah, well Pat Arbor, I think, might have not gotten out of way of a few is, too is, many.
7: Is this why they... Uh, did we just figure out why they had the fight night thing?
2: Uh, probably, yeah.
7: Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering where they came up. Well, yeah, maybe because the leaders were boxing. But, yeah, Pat Arbor, um, yeah.
2: And we had the head of the... Uh, I think it was the London Stock Exchange, so... Pat Arbor says, I'm sitting there and out of the blue the guy goes, uh and of course everybody else was eating, you know, some omelet or something. And he's got a big thing of figs and yogurt and uh he was he was Mr. Mr. in you know, in shape kind of guy. All of a sudden he goes, You know, the thing I don't understand is how come uh air flights, if you if you book them the last minute, they cost you more, but if you in advance you save money. So everybody's looking at him like, How the hell could you not know that? So finally Chuck Henry, was the nicest guy on earth, said something like, well, Pat, they they kind of like to at least fill up part of the plane early so they know they have the cost covered. And then at the last minute, if you have to go at the last minute, they kind of, you have to go, so they they kind of screw you. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, then five minutes later, he goes, is that really the truth? Everybody's <laughs> sitting there looking at him. Like, were you in a fight last night? And he's the guy who, he abdicated because he wasn't paying his wife uh, alimony there was a there was a uh, arrest warrant out for him, so he takes off to Italy. He comes back and gets
7: arrested. He's in jail, I think. Yeah, and I for, I forgot what he came he came back for a family event or something like but, that, didn't he? Yeah, didn't and he, he to was sneak in for a but, but
2: he stayed like a family. week. I mean, it, 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 he yeah. knew they were coming after him and didn't go, didn't leave. I think I think he's in county jail or someplace. Oh goodness uh, any, Anyway, I, might, I have a bunch of questions for you. Even though know, we talked about Uh-oh. all crazy stuff. Uh yep. I've been doing, as you probably can guess, an awful lot of, from what I can find out, I'm doing an awful lot of uh, trying to figure out the economy of what's going on in the Middle East. You know, it's trying to yeah. draw some kinds of conclusions with, you know, what what is essentially causing all this that's been sitting there for a long time. And the reason why I do that is you know you know my brother Dan Dan did a big thing a few years ago tying uh, world food prices and food inflation. You know, not saying that 100% causative, but it was we got real bad right about the same time the Arab Spring popped up, and there were revolutions in how many different countries. So we kind of watched that. He does, and he lets me know. I mean, I and I don't know. How, and I, my question for you is, when you have the big people of the world, meaning us, Euro, Japan, not to worry, bigger, but when we have when we do like really stupid stuff, like you know. Devalue your currency, do those kinds of things. And I'm not saying there wasn't a reason for it with COVID and stuff, but by by and large, how how much of that Russell spills out into other countries? Because I was looking at Lebanon, I was looking at the economy of uh-huh. Lebanon, their currency is down in value like ninety percent in the last four years. Sort of right along in, with ours, only like double. And I was looking at Turkey, which you know they're not in this yet, but they're right there. There there's so many zeros on their on their money supply, my eyes go blurry i almost have to take 15 zeros off just so I can look at the number. Um, I mean, Gaza, 25% unemployment rate. I, mean, I don't know what a, what kind of a job somebody has there. There's one power plant. I mean, how much... I, mean, that's, I mean, I'm, yeah.
7: The, I, actually, the, the good job for people in Gaza were the ones where they were allowed to go to Israel and work for a little while and then come back. Yeah,
2: but, but how uh, much I, of... Yeah,
7: that's unfortunate.
2: How, how much of... Yeah. I'll say the, the crappy economics that the big people have done in the last four years... How much of this totally spills over on everybody else and makes it? I mean, if I guess my question is, and I don't know if you know the answer, if we wouldn't have done this, if we were if we were managing our economy properly and had somewhat of a balanced budget, I'm not saying penny for penny. How much better would it be in places like Lebanon, if at all? Or I mean, some of this. I mean, are are we? You know, I'm not saying everything that's wrong in the world is, is our problem, but is 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 our Inefficiency, our screw-up, because we are the big dog, I mean, how, do you, how do you have the go-to currency to value 40% in four years? And that caused problems. on the But I don't know how to define the problems. I don't know how, how much we caused, if we caused it. If, if, if we get our, our act back together someday, will that help people out and that make a difference? I mean, this is kind of where I'm, this is the conundrum I'm in. So you're my professor. Explain this to me.
7: If, hey, gosh almighty, there are, a whole ton, ton of moving parts on that one. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I it's, wish it's... I had a chance to study up for that one, as well. But uh, I do, you know, I, I do believe that with with the lack of leadership, I, I feel like it's more about leadership you know, than an economy, in my mind. But it, you know, it could be the economic stuff that, um, that that is the spark, you know, or the straw that broke the camel's back, or whatever. Uh, when, you know, life is a struggle as it is, and then you just have, you know, one more thing piled on top, and, and you, you you know either completely hopeless or you want to fight back really hard. And I could totally see you know, the, the ripple effect from uh, what we do to manage our economy impacting the rest of the world for sure. And I just never really thought of it in, in terms of, you know, being the catalyst for something like what happened a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, well, I mean like, that I, it wouldn't I, be. I, and that and and that, that that's where I start to get the disconnect. I can see the Arab Spring and people being upset within their internal government, but this is where people crossed a border and and oh, I'm not. And, well, yeah, Dan's and, point and, was
2: it, it, Dan's point was that the this is again a few years ago, and he had, he had it all laid out. He does does a nice job. He does yeah. a nice job as president of PTI Securities. Um, his point was, if very rough estimate, most people living in places like that—Lebanon, Syria, Gaza—you mm-hmm. name it—are five bucks a day is about the income across the board. And he,
7: yeah, he, you're subsistence living. Yeah, and, and, he, and his point was, there, and you're hopeful that what you want to get is in the store when you go to the store.
2: Well, but he, his point was he he looks at the United Nations food thing. Now this didn't top out like two weeks ago. Like there's a cause like, like like he said once your your cereal column gets to over essentially five bucks a day, you essentially can't eat what what you need to stay alive. Now that's, that's that's enough barley or wheat or something that you can buy to make bread and at least get through the day. Once one doesn't match up, the 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 shall we say the the boiling unrest starts to boil even harder, mm-hmm. and which doesn't mean that people are grabbing guns and doing what they did two weeks ago and that kind of stuff, but it, it means that, you know, horse bleep life in Gaza just got more horse bleep. And, yeah. and when you combine that with 25% male unemployment, 18 to 35, now, you and I both know that no matter what happens, you don't get to grab a sword and lap people's heads off. I mean, that's, that's You can't right. do that. But it 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 adds to the recruitment, you know. And I, I go back to, uh,
7: oh yeah, I yeah. read I mean, a lot it, about it, it makes it, it makes it real easy when you got nothing else going on to you know. Hey, hey you know it, it, it's the same thing in Chicago with somebody becoming a gangbanger.
2: Well, people don't you know, change. Be, just, be, 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 people are just, the same all over the world, right?
7: Yeah, no, it, you know, it's, it's the exact same thing. It's, it's the, 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 if you've got no hope whatsoever. You know, yeah. If, if you know, if, if, if you don't see a future, and if the future is already kind of dim, and then you can't feed your family, even though you, and uh, to, as to no fault of your own, of course you're going to start lashing out at people. Well
2: oh, and you look at the people that yeah, are and, the, the
7: and gangbangers one of the first, gr- with, with one the money. Of the first groups you lash out at is the ones that don't seem to have any trouble feeding their family from you know from week to week.
2: Remember, uh, I, well, I saw it once, and it was, I never want to see it again. Too much violence. But remember the, the movie *The Bronx Tale*.
7: I've only seen pieces of it, but yeah. I yeah, do, I would, I'm
2: not going to recommend uh, necessarily watching it because I don't want to see people getting beat up all the time. You know, I'm over it. I, I don't like. I don't like watching movies like that anymore. Why is that? Was that uh-huh. getting, I don't know. I just don't. But uh, or the was it Robert? Robert, De Niro? who was the kid's father? Was the bus driver? Robert De Niro?
7: yeah was yeah. Um, yeah
2: he was and he was trying to raise the kid saying you know it's a real job, I got a family, love my wife, love you um, and the kid is his like second best uncle um, was the the mob guy who's got nothing yeah. but who's got nothing but dough you know and and it's it's sort of like in some neighborhoods here, even if you found somebody a, a job with some training and all the other stuff. You're comparing that to the drug dealer on the street, and people are going, that ain't no dough, right?
7: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in, in that movie, uh, you know, De Niro, who's the, uh, the bus driver, his wife leaves him. Yeah. Because he's, he's not willing to, and, and all they wanted him to do, I think, was like, you know, they would give him a package, and he would drop it off to somebody else at a different stop on his bus stop. It right. wasn't really... Uh, but he wouldn't go down that route And yeah, he, he lost his wife And it, his son didn't have a whole ton of respect for him And everything else
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a These these problems never go away, right?
7: Right, right. I mean, I mean, And so I, it, it's a matter of a You know, it, it, it's just you know, Life ain't easy I, I don't think, you know, it just isn't uh, it, it, And uh, for a vast majority of people around the world Every day is a struggle and there's only so much you can do and and if you're doing everything you can and they keep you know they they keep moving the, the, the goalposts on you and when i say moving the goalposts on you it's raising prices yep. faster than you're making money of course you're going to be pissed off
2: well i mean you're looking you looking know, i the... mean
7: i there, there's stuff going on around you know there, there's stuff going around uh, on around me from day to day that, that i'm pissed off, off about all the time but I'm too busy trying to teach school and do consulting and everything else to, to you know, take up arms and, or, or even, you know, make a protest sign and do anything about it. Uh, I think, you know, a little, you know if, if, if it were a lot worse, I, I, who knows how I would react.
2: Well, I, I uh, as you know, my the one area of, I think, unusual expertise that I have, well, I know a lot about options for for my clients, but I think I know more about the inflation stuff than most people because I did that on a day-to-day basis when I got out of school and wow. I happen to be old enough to witnessed most of the time last time this happened and I, and I can, I'm pretty conversant on the things that are different. and one of the things that are different this time is I think our government essentially has lied all along about how bad it is. Which has caused consternation, has caused unrest oh yeah at every level here.
7: Yeah.
2: I mean you see it, I mean uh,
7: and, and if you think the US government lies about how you know the, the lies about inflation in the day to day life, you know, figures that are out there for political purposes, can you only imagine uh, in other countries how you know how much of a disconnect between the actual numbers and the day-to-day life there really is? You
2: know what, Russell? I think the UK is way straighter than us on numbers.
7: Um, uh, yeah, I do too. I do too. I was actually thinking of Turkey because oh, I believe oh, yeah, I the head guy. I believe the head guy in Turkey actually took over his head of the central bank for a while. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
2: It's I mean, it's that's it's, <laughs> an absolute joke. And it's not a joke. Yeah. In terms of how people are living, but it's an economic joke what the guy's trying to do. You
7: know, the numbers out of China are nothing more than made up, but you know there's there's probably a wide spectrum of uh, you know accuracy with respect to government numbers around the world, and uh, you know, ours are we we it's obvious that ours are less than accurate. But in less transparent societies, you can only imagine the disconnect between what. Well, what the leadership tells you, and what's really going on, and you know what? There's, there's a damn good chance that leadership thinks everything is hunky-dory as well.
2: Well, because Well, I'll tell you what. You listen to the the people who have the high enough end jobs that are on CNBC all day. Not mm-hmm. one of them appears to have a, has, has any connection to regular people there that I can see.
7: Oh gosh, no. And there's, and, and, and I'm, you know, it's, it's a real, you know, it's almost like punching down at this point where you make fun of the cognitive abilities of Biden. Yeah. But he, you know, he may think it's morning in America. Yeah. Well, and, and people who don't know my reference, that's the, uh, that's the Reagan video. That's the Reagan campaign video where they were like, you know, let's, let's get our, let's get our stuff together here, people. You know, we're, we're, let's get the 70s behind us and move on. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, Biden, it's... Biden might actually believe that, you know, outside of the White House, that everything is just beautiful in America right now.
2: Well, he might, yeah. I, you know, but it I is... He really it, may think that. It's all. It's uh, sort of interesting. We'll, we will got to go to break, but I'll just make this last comment. My, my, my buddies at the, uh, well, <laughs> I keep saying this, that worked at the Fed that I see so rarely now because nobody's back to work over there, which is... I can't even go down that road. But... Uh, in terms of my opinion, but the, uh, the one, one night I was saying, you know, these inflation numbers, we, we had just come through a, a Fed meeting, and I said, you know, these inflation numbers are wrong, and, here, and here's here's why they're wrong, and I was going through the part about hospitalization for 25 years has been 7% of the basket when it's 20% mm-hmm. of the economy. So if you, were, if you were to move that number up to 20, 20% of the economy, we haven't, we've been in a recession for two decades, if you, if you add that to the, the deflator. Right? Yeah. Uh, so in, in th- well, something I never thought of, uh, although I guess it's probably very true, uh, one of the guys who's actually been a guest on the show, he said, Tom, the one thing you can't do is as a, as, as a Fed Board of Governors meeting when everybody shows up is the first thing you do is start pissing all over the Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers. That's not your job, that's their job. You accept the numbers. And mm-hmm. I go, I guess you can, you can piss on my shoe and tell me it's raining, but do I really have to believe you? I mean, uh, you know, I, was, he's probably right. The last thing you want to do is spend the first day of your two-day meeting some idiot like me you know, saying the numbers we're looking at are all screwed up and the rest of the people are looking at me like that's not what we're here to talk about, you know, type of thing. Yeah. I, I, I sort of I sort of get it but it but also at some at some length of time when you keep looking at the same numbers and you just you, you just you know came back by the way uh t- we sent it to you i don't know if you if you read it you're you you have a buddy out there there's a guy who is i have
7: a buddy out there
2: there's a guy who does your McDonald's thing and absolutely scrutinizes the price of the big Mac as being their signature thing it's never on the dollar dollar menu, and he's got the price of the big Mac up since February 20th, since COVID, up 45%, and he's convinced that inflation countrywide is somewhere between 40 and 45%, which is exactly my number. He's, he's the McDonald's guy. Would you concur with him?
7: I would totally concur with him.
2: I, be, I bet you totally. want to meet him. Totally. I I, I, I,
7: I I would totally concur with him. Now, now you got me looking through my door to ask to see what my McDonald's cost me the last time I ordered it.
2: Well, because I'm totally confused about something's on the dollar menu, then it's two bucks in the dollar menu. They've totally confused mm-hmm. me. I can't tell. I know it's going up, but I can't tell you how much. I, I'm, I, they, they've they've totally confused me. At McDonald's. I, I mean, I know it's the, going up. The but dollar
7: the dollar menu is a dollar fifty now.
2: Yeah, and then there's stuff on there that's two bucks or two fifty, right? Yeah. Anyway, SB
7: futures,
2: yeah, SP futures down sixteen. Nasdaq futures down eighty one. Go back. Let's talk about uh, about the market, and we've had a couple of up days in the last few days. Where the, where the interest rates are flying up, which is somewhat odd, Russell, but you, maybe you can explain that to us when we get back from break.
6: on newsstands, but you can subscribe for ten free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks.
2: Hello, this is Tom howard the chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like main interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com.
5: 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, jocks. stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right now. Right now.
2: Right now. Well, I'm Bank Jackson. i Andrew on the board. Um, S&P futures down 17. Nasdaq futures down 85. Uh, Russell, because I, I sometimes I'm, when I'm looking at all this stuff, things slip my mind. It would, don't, don't, uh, make sure, think about if you ever heard of that Bitcoin uh, stealing in 2012 from the Silk Road thing. I seem to recall some of that. You might know more than me. Dow futures down 57. Individual stocks: We had Morgan Stanley came out with earnings. Uh, stocks down uh, 224. So obviously those weren't liked all that much. Uh, Procter and Gamble, they came out with earnings. We talked about this earlier, where they managed to have a six percent rise in revenue, even though their their volume is down. So that means they raised a lot of prices. If you ask me, uh, not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's what's happening there. Over in Asia, Nikkei d- up up one. Call that flat. Hang Seng down 40. Pretty quiet there too, 0.2%, 17,732. Shanghai down 25.8%. So they're hanging above 3,000 there, but not by much, 3,058. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 57.4%. These guys are up from the last time we did this. Uh, FTSE down 40.5%, CAC around down 22.3%. They were all down 0.7% uh, an hour ago, and now they're down eh, 0.4%. So they've come back some. Uh, U.S. yesterday, this this is a... A, a picture that doesn't tell you anything. Dow was up 13, S&P down 43 cents, NASDAQ down 34. We actually were down heavy, came back to even, went actually up pretty heavy, went down again, and then came back to even on the close. So it was a very uh, volatile intraday yesterday, intraday, uh, but not volatile day by day. Ten-year uh, unchanged, 4.86. Uh, the bond up two basis points, 2.91. Japan up three basis points, uh, 0.82. So they're making their way up toward a point in Japan, which is that's up several decade high over there. Oil up a buck 42. This is down from last time we did this, it was up over 2%. Now it's up 1.6%, 88.08. 8. Rent up one forty three, ninety-one thirty three, Natural gas up 3 cents, 311. Arbob up 2 cents, 231. Gold continuing its rally up 26 points, 1962. This thing was like 18.50 last Thursday. It's been a huge move in gold here. Uh, one-month high after uh, like a 12-month low. It was kind of weird. Silver up 41 cents, 23.43. Copper up two cents, 360. We're gonna get Russell's opinion on on the metals here as well. Bitcoin down 101 bucks, 28,380. Still keeping most of that big rally the other day. And the U.S. dollar virtually unchanged. It's up a little bit against the the euro and un- exactly unchanged against the uh, British pound. So 105.5 on the euro and 121.8 on the uh, British Pound Con kind of where it's been for a while Andrew what do you got for us traffic weather sports
1: alright it is uh, 7.40 here in Chicago on Wednesday October 18th starting off with some sports and some basketball uh, the Bulls lost to the Raptors yesterday night and it was 106-102 to 102. and over in baseball the Diamondbacks lost to the Phillies 0-10 to 10. Uh, over to chicago weather it is currently 47 degrees we have mostly cloudy skies right now and i believe it's going to stick around most of the day we have a slight chance of rain into the night uh we're going to have a high of about 68 today and that's going to hit around 5 p.m and over in phoenix they're currently at 69 degrees they're going to have clear skies they get up high of 100 and that's going to hit also around 5 p.m now finally for chicago traffic Looks like still no major accidents to report. However, it is a heavy one coming in from every direction. I expect very heavy delays in the middle of the, uh... i turn back if I were you. Oh, yeah, it's one of those days. Uh, Austin Boulevard in the middle of Eisenhower is looking very heavy, uh, and especially if you're coming in or coming out of the Kennedy, uh, that's all the way from Austin Avenue to nearly downtown. There's pretty heavy delays over there. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief.
2: So, uh, Russell, I have about 105 questions for you. Um... Where do, you, where do you want to start? Here's here's one I've been on all week. Uh, I should have won mm-hmm. on this one. Um, Mike, Mike Murphy has really helped us out, being a former Army intelligence guy, just generally going through the players over in the Middle east, And obviously Lou mm-hmm. really helps us out there as well, as to what the capabilities are and so forth. Because if you didn't have those two guys, I don't know where I'd find all that stuff. But um, I am absolutely stunned. If, if I was somewhere uh, – Oval Office or someplace I'd I'd want to walk into a room someplace where my guys had a big chart on the wall who, who all these people are? where's the money coming from? who order, who's ordering what from where? what banks are involved? who's making these weapons? whether is it somebody here or somebody other place? I'm fascinated by how the money seems to be flowing somehow or another. This is all flowing very freely in an area where it's not supposed to be flowing so freely. It's one thing to say, well yeah, the Iranians are behind all this crap. But then again, I'm sitting there going, "Wait a minute! Don't don't those guys aren't they kicked out of the Swift system? Can't they do this? Do they do they have Swift bank accounts? Are people cheating? What's going on?" I'm I'm just so curious about this whole mess, and I and I refuse to believe that somehow they, a tanker leaves their place and it goes over to you know Russell's uh, tanker shop where you you take the you know the tanker in and instead of paying the Iranians, you send a check to Andrew because he's he's the racket maker guy. I don't, I don't know how, I. This whole thing is, is befuddling me. Um, can you can you straighten me out? How's this yeah, all you know, happening? I,
7: I, how, how, how does Iran have money to back all the other people? And how does it all? Um, how does
2: it go from person to person? How do you, how do, how do you ship thousand rackets from some place to some place, or, or are the components going there? They're assembling me in the tunnels. Well, you,
7: you, you, you say you're, you're sending a uh, you know you're, you're exporting of you know a large plane full of baby formula. Which is a great cover for for missiles. Um, I, I mean that that's that, that's what's going on. You know, there's old shadow system going on. You know, how how do drugs move their way around Chicago? You know, there there's there's a distribution network.
2: But here you can that, use money. That, you, here,
7: yeah,
2: I mean, you can that's have a bank. You, yeah.
7: ca- you can use cash. Um, you know, who's to say that you can't use crypto and the other you know,
6: that, you know cryptocurrency
7: I, I, does. Yeah, I, know, but I, don't, I mean, there, there are alternatives. To, I guess where I'm going to, there are alternatives to the SWIFT system. Okay. You know, and and in Russia's even tried to create one because I think they got kicked out of the SWIFT, Swift, Swift system for what they're doing right now. Um, so there are all kinds of alternatives. Plus, when you have government entities that are probably willing to participate, um, you know you can't tell me that that if there's a buck to me be, be made off of helping iran get weapons from let's just say north korea and ship them to you know the just south of israel to the people in gaza uh, my my other understanding is a lot a lot of these things are you know crafted at home uh, you know i you know people were like where did they get all these rockets and missiles yeah, you know, apparently uh, they'll they'll take the pipe that you need for plumbing, and there's a and they'll turn those into like little rockets with bombs on the end of them. So I, I think there's a lot of you know doing stuff in your garage to go to go throw at the Israelis going on in Gaza as well. I don't think there's a lot of, I guess the five thousand things that were you know launched at Israel. I don't. I'll bet you. Four thousand nine hundred of them weren't all that
2: sophisticated. Oh no! I mean, that's why uh, yeah. Mike was Mike was saying the other day because you you've read stuff, you know, I've I've heard stuff of people. Hey, we left all our crap in Afghanistan and they're just buying the stuff. And Mike's saying, we we haven't had a non-guided, you know, just a blind, almost like scud missiles in fifty years. I mean, we didn't leave that in Afghanistan. We don't even like that anymore. Where you just send yeah. a thousand rockets and hope they land someplace, you know, where you're going to kill somebody. But,
7: oh yeah, but, and and apparently, you know, on uh, along those lines, right there, um, several hundred rockets that got fired from Gaza landed in Gaza.
2: Well, that's what they're thinking like happened at this they, hospital. You know,
7: they, well, that that that's the excuse on the hospital. Yeah, but, and and um, I've heard two different things on the hospital. I've heard that maybe you know they shot themselves in the toe, but then I also heard that uh, they may have been launching rockets from from the hospital to cause a response. So oh, maybe. You know, it, it, with the fog of war, God knows what's really actually going on over there, other than people are getting hurt.
2: Yeah, I would uh, really recommend, if anybody has a few yeah. hours, to read but, uh, The Dogs of but War. The financial,
7: yeah, and, and you brought up the Silk Road guy, <laughs> um, who who I I was familiar with, with all of this, uh, you know, although I think the story... I learned some things reading the story you referred to In the first hour about that, about that guy um, Have you seen a picture of the guy?
2: Uh, I saw some of the pictures of the guys that are uh, um, the, Around the video of his buddies showing up His, his drinking buddies
7: Yeah, well, I mean he, uh, it, 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 I kind of feel bad for him He's, he's You know, and, uh, overweight uh, he, he is the it, There are a couple of pictures that he has Of himself with a couple of girls in bikinis There is no way on God's green earth that those girls are hanging out with this fella uh, if he doesn't, you know, if if he's not paying their way to be on the yacht and everything else.
2: As coach Uh, says, uh, if you got, if you got dough, they'll work with you.
7: Well, but here, here's the best part. Uh, Apparently, when they were raiding his his, you know, his little house and and he had all all of his secret stuff in the basement, uh, he had like a, a bunch of cash. And uh, a cop asked the he asked the guy. He said, "You know, why do you have all this cash?" he goes, "You know, to impress the ladies." And and the cop says, "Well, did did, did it ever work?" And and, <laughs> and and the guy and the guy the guy said, "Well, no, not really." And he said, "Yeah, never does, man."
2: I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm seeing his picture I here. Think that, I, I think I he should have taken a little more of that cash. He got a longer tie.
7: Yeah, I mean, he uh, I I. I just, I feel bad. I honestly, it sounds kind of funny. First off, he stole money. Mu- he stole money from Silk Road, dude. If I had wanted to have you killed, I could have found somebody on Silk Road to do it. I mean, it was it was a pretty bad marketplace. Um, so, yeah. Well, three three billion
2: dollars yeah, is well, a lot. is a lot.
7: He stole three billion, but you know what? It's kind of like um, you know. Me, uh, oh, I don't want to say me. Let's let's say I'm a petty criminal and I hold up, uh, you know, the the guy that's working the corner and selling drugs. Uh, that 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 that's what I think of with respect to him ripping off people on Silk Road. And also, he took he he got fifty thousand Bitcoin in two thousand and twelve. That's about seventy five thousand bucks.
2: Yeah, but if he at the time, yeah.
7: Now it, you know, but it. At the time, it really wasn't all that you know. And then Bitcoin just absolutely took off, and he ne- he never he never left college.
2: Well, that was the uh, the the theme of, of one, probably one of the best movies, especially if you're a Chicago person. One of the best movies I ever saw was the theme was the theme of The Sting. Remember?
7: Was that the no, I don't. I
2: well, the guy the, the the the, the, the African American guy Luther, he was a grif- uh-huh. a grifter. And he and he and he robbed this guy in the street. He didn't have a gun or anything. He robbed a guy in the street, and thinking he was just some schmuck like us. It turned out he uh-huh. was he was the guy carrying the 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 bag from the the mafia guys one place to another, and he ended up with like thousands of bucks. And they came after him and killed him.
7: Oh yeah, okay, I, yeah.
2: And that was a whole. That was that's when Paul Newman and all those guys all all got back at that guy, uh, with, yeah. uh, George Shaw, right? He was the yeah. uh, That was a great movie. What a great movie! Yeah. And uh, anyway, what uh, we've got? What does it say to the world uh, right now? And also, don't forget me. I'm going to ask you, what does it say about investing? All of a sudden, we had this big down move in gold and silver two weeks ago. Now it's absolutely flown back. I mean, the the trade of the year would have been a bought by by gold at 1850 or something. I mean, it's it's flown back here. Uh, we... Yeah,
7: but I mean, did did you know what? If you had told me what was, I mean, it, gold popped up because yeah, it looks like you know it it looks like we're a little bit closer to World War III.
2: Well, there was a you know, uh...
7: it, it, I, I, so it, it the, the I, and you're, you're not the only person to ask me about the gold thing this week. Uh, you know why why do I'm, I'm coaching a a futures trading team at, for some undergrads at Kelly right now. And they're like, well, why didn't we, you know, why didn't we get long gold? You know, why didn't you bring that one up? I'm like, well, I didn't know, Godzilla was going to happen, man. <laughs> so I, do, I, don't think gold is a good indication. copper copper's the one that you always want to pay close, close attention to. Um, and I, I heard copper described beautifully the other day, and I can't remember who said it, but they referred to copper as uh, the commodity that has a PhD in economics. Because it really is the one that that'll give you an idea as to you know what's going on within the economy. Gold's going to be a safe haven if if you know if you're worried about you know Gaza spreading throughout the Middle East.
2: Um. Yeah. So I, might,
7: I, what, but so I, I guess I we're think that one, I, I think the the rally in gold lately has been more about. Uh, geopolitical risk than the overall economy.
2: Well, here, here's my but, my question to you. Why in the,
7: but why? why? A better question is why in the
2: hell are stocks up? Well, <laughs> we, let me give you one quick question more on the gold here. I'm looking at the the GC uh, gold was at 1950, roughly since May, maybe a little higher there for yeah. a bit. It was right at 1950. That whole line, 1950, 1955. So it's it's pretty much stagnating. All of a sudden, between uh, my day here, between the, the 18th of September, where all this stuff's starting to happen now the thing in the Middle East hadn't happened yet—goes from 1955 down to uh, uh, 1836 in, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting. Where did that come from? Then all of a sudden, you start getting—you know—if I get a lot of listeners and stuff. You know, the epic Times, I don't know if anybody believes that thing. I believe some of it. Talking about uh, Turkey, who the hell Turkey, was it not China? Anyway, three countries they name have bought, like, I don't know how many tons of gold in the last 90 days. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everybody in the world, even though gold goes down essentially 110 bucks in in two weeks, is now all over gold. And now it's back to this 1950 number. I guess my question is, I don't know that it should go to twenty fifty or twenty five fifty. Where did this hundred dollars sell off come from in the middle of this whole mess? Only to be bounced back. I mean, if if you'd have bought, we're talking the low on this is, uh, well, it's where are we? We're ten four. Where are we? We're ten eighteen. Two weeks ago. So now, mm-hmm. th- but if you'd have if you sat there in ten four and said, uh, Jesus, <laughs> I'm gonna buy some of this crap, you've had you made your year. I mean, I, but I had no yeah. idea why it was going down, so I didn't want to buy any more. I, I mean, I, I have, the stuff that I have for my people are protected by puts, so mm-hmm. we rolled the puts down and got a little longer, but still, you know, we didn't want it going down, and now it's flown back up here. We've had a real nice couple of weeks, but I have no idea why it went down. I, I didn't buy any more down there. I should have, obviously. But I mean, I,
7: I think there, I think there was beginning to be an awful lot of concern that uh, we were going to get some sort of economic slowdown sooner rather than later, regardless of how hot the recent numbers have been. And when the recent numbers have been somewhat hot, there's been this impression that the Fed may need to hike rates one more time to fight inflation, because we've got a couple of really positive numbers, which could accelerate the economic slowdown that everybody sees on the horizon. And that's why you got the sell-off in gold. The you know the switchback was basically the war okay so what gold and and, and i have this weird thing i've been involved in the markets too long i practically personify markets. so i'll talk about like i'll talk about gold now it almost sounds like i'm talking about a person but gold you know gold was all about you know geoeconomic situation maybe under a bit of pressure because you've got uh, places that need to uh, you know, entities like Russia that uh, some of their sources of income have been cut off so maybe one of the things they need to do is sell gold to keep funding their war effort uh, so there's an equilibrium there but then when it, so you have some buyers that maybe uh, are buying gold either because they need it for an input or just is a speculation on what's going on in the world all of a sudden it looks like, yeah, everybody's expecting a slowdown in the economy in 2024. It's going to come more quickly if the Fed has to raise raise rates a couple of times. I got news for you. It's already so here. I think I think that's what, I mean, I really, I think that's what put gold under pressure. It made me feel better about being short stocks. And then this pop that we got recently, I, I just assumed that had nothing, to, that, that that was all about war. You're And uh, I didn't think about the economy.
2: You're a... Uh... Your girlfriend AOC a couple of weeks ago said, "We need we need people that instead of looking at the economy on a sheet of paper, look look at the economy out their window." I can't you believe know, she hey, said by, that.
7: By the way, if I if I'm getting a girlfriend in Congress, it's Lauren it's Lauren Boebert. It's not AOC.
2: Who's Lauren Boebert? Should I know her?
7: She's the one from Colorado that that got in trouble for, uh, you know, basically heavy petting a guy when she was at a play recently and got kicked out. Oh, me. He... Yeah, you don't She's need... a little bitty brunette. She's a little bitty brunette girl that that always has a gun with her.
2: Oh well, but you, you you don't need any of that. You got a nice wife.
7: I have a very nice wife, but if you're going to force me to date somebody from Congress, it's either going to be Lauren Boebert or maybe Pelosi, just for the money. <laughs>
2: God, I I, I I don't know. I don't think I could. I don't think I could do that.
7: <laughs> yeah, I, hey, Pelosi's husband drives a Porsche. You know, Pelosi's husband does pretty really well. Work, so what he not. owns a.
2: He, he's a big uh, shot at... St-
7: he's, a, he's, a, he's a hedge fund guy or something like that. I know that.
2: He's a big shot at the... Doesn't he own a bunch of Starkist?
7: Hey, did you... Know, you know, I, now I'm just on a weird, really weird tangent, but did you know that um, Pelosi's related to the Roosevelt family?
2: Um, Boy, I didn't know that, but I mean, how... how, how I,
7: I, I'm not... I just found that, like, you know... But how wide of a the, swath the, the, the is... The a,
2: I mean, how wide did of a he, swath the, is that family? I mean... Teddy and I know, Teddy right. and Franklin were kind of distant cousins. I don't think they ever met, did they?
7: I don't think they ever met. They spoke to each other through the press.
2: Um, hey, I get,
7: like I support my cousin and crap like that. You
2: you you, you mentioned that. uh, uh, copper. I've I I don't, uh-huh. I don't have. I mean, obviously, if you if you if you want to uh do gold and silver, I mean GLD. If you want to do this on the security side, and I'm not recommending anything, GLD is the ETF for gold. So you can do that yeah. in a securities account we do a lot in the GDX which is the gold miners which I'm seriously considering why I'm doing that because last time gold was in 1950 the GDX was at like 35 and now it's 30 you know so it it has not kept up Uh, silver that's another ETF SLV and allegedly these people that have the uh, GLD and the SLV have the physical in a vault somewhere so you're actually buying your share of, of, of the physical. It's not future stuff like the oil future. So it's supposed to be it's a legi- not.
7: It's not allegedly, because Bob Fasani has been to that place.
2: But he, he didn't do an inventory.
7: I'm, 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 I didn't do an inventory, and they also put a blindfold on him so he didn't see where it was.
2: <laughs> I think there's but a... Uh, it,
7: it's not allegedly.
2: I think it's a building in New York. I think I've seen a picture of the place. Anyway, I, I don't really have... Maybe I will after I talk to you. I don't have as clean of a way... If you like ETFs, I'll say clean. I don't have as clean of a way of, of investing in copper for my clients. I mean, the traditional way has always been to buy uh, Freeport, McMurray, and FCX. Yeah. But then they went yeah. out and bought a gold company, right? So they're they're, they're like, what, yeah. 40% gold now and, and 60% copper or some ratio. So it's not as clean of a play. But I, I don't know of a really a really liquid physical copper ETF, do you?
7: Not anymore. No, I, I always felt like Phelps Dodge was the one that that we would use for copper. Yeah, that's
2: another one. Yeah, but they, didn't yeah, they? But they expanded into something else, too, didn't they? Where it's not as clean as it used to be.
7: I think they. I think they both did partially to smooth out their businesses.
2: Well, yeah, it's a good idea on their part. Right. It just makes it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not just so a copper company. It, I guess it,
7: it kind of screws things up for us, though. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I. There's not. Unfortunately. There's not a copper ETF like there is SLV and GLV. Uh, and, the, the, and the the copper stock, it, if you asked me off the top of my head, I would have said the copper stocks. But like you said, they've, they've diluted themselves a bit. Uh, maybe we maybe I need to go see one of these ETF providers that's uh, at SIBO's uh, Risk Management Conference and talk to them about starting a copper ETF.
2: Well, you know, tomorrow we'll have uh, Gr- uh, Greg in helping us out. And oh. he's our futures guy. Uh, I'll, I'll have him explain. Or I know there's a futures contract for copper, but I think yeah. it's, I think yeah. it's huge. I think it's way too big for individual people. I mean, you could if you wanted to trade that. I mean, you could sign up with the PTI's uh, uh, I, our stuff with uh, IB, our inter- interactive broker um, online trading piece at PTI, and uh, you could trade there. But I think it's a really big contract. I don't think it's anything a retail person wants to do. Uh, we'll check yes. on that tomorrow because. Yeah, you don't want to be a lot of those contracts. I mean, they're they're huge. I mean, uh I mean, we had some people who used to trade natural gas and every time somebody do a trade, I'm like going, "Oh my god. I mean, one that's tick is widow,
7: like That's the widow maker.
2: Oh yeah. Well, we had a, we had a, a guy here, our our mm-hmm. futures guy, unfortunately, uh Billy Bear, Billy passed. But Billy was absolutely the best guy. You know what? I never worried about any of this stuff when when Billy was here, mm-hmm. Russell. We had guys doing natural gas, we had guys doing oil massive contracts. We had guys doing uh, currency, uh, the peso contract at the Merck. Billy kept track of all that. And, and if somebody was getting in trouble, he'd be on the phone to the guy. He had an absolute remarkable memory for every position every one of our clients had. And the minute they got in trouble, he'd be talking to them about it and everything. Once, once Billy passed, I, I, if, if you want to do something, we'll do soybeans, we'll do the futures through IB or something. I, I don't want people hanging out there with natural gas contracts that big. If I don't have oh, him gosh, no. and I don't I don't have him. So I don't I don't know where I'll ever find another one like a guy like that, but that that's the world's toughest job to be a risk guy for futures, my God's sake. You don't you don't have you know, it's not like the the securities where you gotta put up half the money and you got half the money as a as a buffer. Oh
7: no, it's it it's, I hate teaching margin. Yeah. That's <laughs> so all I gotta say is I hate I hate teaching what you're talking about. Like Actually God.
2: it's no longer margin on the future side. It's Good faith deposit. How do you like that?
7: Uh, so you get a good faith deposit call?
2: Yes, we need a little yeah, more good so faith. More positive than margin <laughs> call. Hey, uh, your your team, Indiana. Are you guys gonna beat anybody or what? Are, what's going on down there? Are they getting clobbered every week?
7: They get clobbered every week. That's just uh, they'll they'll, they'll have a good shot against Purdue.
2: What about Northwestern? I guess they probably beat Northwestern.
7: I don't think they play Northwestern this year.
2: Well, no good on that. All right, but one of these days yeah, I hope okay. I get to see you I saw you for a brief moment
7: I uh, know, no, I'm, I'm just not around that much i got to be down there teaching the youth yeah.
2: When you are the old people going to wake up That the, uh, in the last four years they got a 20% increase in social security And the inflation's been 40 When are they going to get uh, their umbrellas And start banging on the president's head or something
7: Well, when, when somebody comes And they turn off their cable TV And they can't watch their Matlock anymore That's uh, going to okay. be the uprising
2: Hey I like Matlock I know. We'll see. Yeah, S&P futures down twenty-one. <laughs> SA futures down one. Oh, but wait! A minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How's the uh? Wet? How's the uh? Frenchie? Uh,
7: the Frenchy's doing really well, and we have the. Uh, I don't know who. I don't know where the Minnesota Golden Gophers are playing this weekend, but uh, we we've got the uh, blind visitor coming in this weekend too.
2: And the other two just. Go across the room. They realize it's only temporary. They
7: ignore that dog, and then the dog leaves, and then they come back to being normal. But it, it's just the it, 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 the interactions are hilarious.
2: As Kathy Reardon used to say, they just sit there seething.
7: No, well, the, one of them dances around in front of the blind one and doesn't understand why the blind one doesn't react.
2: God,
3: I know. SP Futures down
2: nineteen. Nasdaq is down ninety seven. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks.
6: to the end of it that's all folks. <laughs>